the Bible, the most unique book in all of human history. It claims to be divine in origin, and it delivers a message that, if true, affects every human being on the planet Earth, in this life, and in whatever awaits us when this life is over. The Bible is unique in its survival. Over the past 2,000 years, no other book has been subjected to the intense scrutiny that the Bible has endured. Generations of linguists, historians, and archaeologists have explored the details of the Bible's production and tested the accuracy of its transmission to us today. Critics and foes have come and gone. Problems have been raised and solved, and still the Bible stands. Totally alone in the degree of its historical accuracy and reliability. The Bible is also unique in foretelling future events. The Old Testament alone contains over 2,000 specific predictions about people, cities, nations, and empires. Predictions made hundreds of years before being perfectly fulfilled in history. The Bible is unique in its influence. It's been called the fountainhead of Western civilization and is by far the most quoted text in America's founding documents. Millions of men, women, and children from every station and walk of life have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar. Hello, everyone. Glad you're with us for another edition of the Bible Live. We have completed now Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now we have begun the book of Deuteronomy, the second law or the second giving of the law to the people of Israel. You know a little bit about their life after they came out of Egypt, what would have been an 11-day journey from Mount Sinai up to the Promised Land and on into the Promised Land believing God's promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their ancestors, to give them that land. Instead of doing that, though, they made an 11-day journey, a 40-year adventure. We have been reading about the ups and downs of the people of Israel. They're doubting, complaining, mistakes they made continually as a people. There were bright spots. There were individuals and there were groups that pleased God and honored God and were determined to follow God and obey his laws, the laws that he had given to them through Moses. We see God dealing with this people group. In the world where good and evil coexist, God moves and acts, and he affects people groups. And he judges some. He rewards others. As we come into the book of Deuteronomy, we have already read those opening chapters as Moses begins to prepare the people to go into the promised land. He'll be delivering some messages to them, reviewing their history and then talking about their commitment to serve and to follow the true and living God. But right now, let's go to Psalm 36, the perfect justice and righteousness of God. Those attributes, those characteristics are contrasted with the wicked, sinful, deceitful hearts of men and women. And I have a question for you. Who is evil? If we assume a holy, righteous, just God, who is going to be judged and punished? It's a question we all have to answer. Psalm 36. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God to restrain them. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. 
They refuse to act wisely or do what is good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their course of action is never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your rivers of delight. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the proud trample me. Don't let the wicked push me around. Look, they have fallen. They have been thrown down, never to rise again. End of reading, Psalm 36. Blessed is the man who walks in your favor. Who loves all your words and hides them like treasure. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. In the darkest place of his desperate heart, they are alive. Alright, let's come back now and take a look now at the book of Deuteronomy, a series of five messages Moses delivers to the people of Israel. They're camped on the east side of the Jordan River, right across the river from Jericho, somewhere around 1400 years before Christ. It's written and presented in the form of a contract, a legal contract between a king and his subjects. Moses, who said, I can't speak, I'm not a good speaker. Well, he has certainly improved. So he is going to give this second presentation now of the Ten Commandments of the laws of God. He will be expanding upon them. Right now, though, in these opening chapters, one through four, this address has to do with reviewing their history. He has brought them all the way up to the present tense now. This is an encouraging message, trying to build them up and encourage them as they think about taking the step of faith to enter into the promised land. Now, all along, God is sovereign over the affairs of men and nations. This is a holy, righteous, just God. He doesn't deal in final judgment here. Life on this earth is a time of choosing, choosing good or evil. And God is preparing us and calling us to Him, to goodness, to forgiveness, to cleansing, to eternal life, or as we reject him, to death and judgment. And the question always comes up, on what basis does God judge? Who is good and who is evil? We'll talk about it after the reading. Deuteronomy 3.18-6.15 through Deuteronomy 3 At that time I gave this command to the tribes that live east of the Jordan. Although the Lord your God has given you this land as your property, all your fighting men must cross the Jordan, armed and ready to protect your Israelite relatives. Your wives, children, and numerous livestock, however, may stay behind in the towns I have given you. When the Lord has given security to the rest of the Israelites, as he has to you, and when they occupy the land the Lord your God is giving them across the Jordan River, then you may return here to the land I have given you. At that time I said to Joshua, You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. He will do the same to all the kingdoms on the west side of the Jordan. Do not be afraid of the nations there, for the Lord your God will fight for you. 
At that time I pleaded with the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, I am your servant. You have only begun to show me your greatness and power. Is there any God in heaven or on earth who can perform such great deeds as yours? Please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. But the Lord was angry with me because of you, and he would not listen to me. That's enough, he ordered. Speak of it no more. You can go to Pisgah Peak and view the land in every direction, but you may not cross the Jordan River. But commission Joshua and encourage him, for he will lead the people across the Jordan. He will give them the land you now see before you. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. Deuteronomy 4. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these laws and regulations that I am about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to or subtract from these commands I am giving you from the Lord your God. Just obey them. You saw what the Lord did to you at Baal Peor, where the Lord your God destroyed everyone who had worshipped the god Baal of Peor. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord your God are still alive today. You must obey these laws and regulations when you arrive in the land you are about to enter and occupy. The Lord my God gave them to me and commanded me to pass them on to you. If you obey them carefully, you will display your wisdom and intelligence to the surrounding nations. When they hear about these laws, they will exclaim, What other nation is as wise and prudent as this? For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation has laws and regulations as fair as this body of laws that I am giving you today? But watch out. Be very careful never to forget what you have seen the Lord do for you. Do not let these things escape from your mind as long as you live, and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Tell them especially about the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, Summon the people before me, and I will instruct them. That way they will learn to fear me as long as they live, and they will be able to teach my laws to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while the mountain was burning with fire. Flames shot into the sky, shrouded in black clouds and deep darkness. And the Lord spoke to you from the fire. You heard his words but didn't see his form. There was only a voice. He proclaimed his covenant, which he commanded you to keep, the Ten Commandments, and wrote them on two stone tablets. It was at that time that the Lord commanded me to issue the laws and regulations you must obey in the land you are about to enter and occupy. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. But be careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from the fire at Mount Sinai. So do not corrupt yourselves by making a physical image in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal or a bird, a creeping creature or a fish. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced by them and worship them. The Lord your God designated these heavenly bodies for all the peoples of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the burning furnace of Egypt to become his own people and special possession. That is what you are today. But the Lord was very angry with me because of you. He vowed that I would never cross the Jordan River into the good land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. Though you will cross the Jordan to occupy the land, I will die here on this side of the river. So be careful not to break the covenant the Lord your God has made with you. You will break it if you make idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God has absolutely forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire, a jealous God. In the future, 
when you have children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time. Do not corrupt yourselves by making idols of any kind. This is evil in the sight of the Lord your God and will arouse his anger. Today I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. If you disobey me, you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only a short time, then you will be utterly destroyed. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations where only a few of you will survive. There in a foreign land you will worship idols made from wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. From there you will search again for the Lord your God, and if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. When those bitter days have come upon you far in the future, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is merciful. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now. Then search from one end of the heavens to the other. See if anything as great as this has ever happened before. Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God taken one nation for himself by rescuing it from another by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, awesome power, and terrifying acts? Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt right before your very eyes. He showed you these things so you would realize that the Lord is God and that there is no other God. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. He let you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants and personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as a special possession as it is today. So remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other God. If you obey all the laws and commands that I will give you today, all will be well with you and your children. Then you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities of refuge east of the Jordan River, where anyone who had accidentally killed someone without having any previous hostility could flee for safety. These were the cities, Bezer on the wilderness plateau for the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead for the tribe of Gad, Golan in Bashan for the tribe of Manasseh. This is the law that Moses handed down to the Israelites. These are the stipulations, laws, and regulations that Moses gave to the people of Israel when they left Egypt and as they camped in the valley near Beth Peor east of the Jordan River. This land was formerly occupied by the Amorites under King Sihon of Heshbon. He and his people had been destroyed by Moses and the Israelites as they came up from Egypt. Israel conquered his land and that of King Og of Bashan, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan. So Israel conquered all the land from Arur at the edge of Arnon Gorge to Mount Sirion, also called Mount Hermon. And they took the eastern bank of the Jordan Valley as far south as the Dead Sea, below the slopes of Pisgah. Deuteronomy 5. Moses called all the people of Israel together and said, Listen carefully to all the laws and regulations I am giving you today. Learn them and be sure to obey them. While we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God made a covenant with us. The Lord did not make this covenant long ago with our ancestors, but with all of us who are alive today. The Lord spoke to you face to face from the heart of the fire in the mountain. 
I stood as an intermediary between you and the Lord, for you were afraid of the fire and did not climb the mountain. He spoke to me, and I passed his words on to you. This is what he said. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Do not worship any other gods besides me. Do not make idols of any kind, whether in the shape of birds or animals or fish. You must never worship or bow down to them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not share your affection with any other God. I do not leave unpunished the sins of those who hate me, but I punish the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generations. But I lavish my love on those who love me and obey my commands, even for a thousand generations. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular work. But the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out with amazing power and mighty deeds. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God will give you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's wife. Do not covet your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that your neighbor owns. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Lord spoke these words with a loud voice to all of you from the heart of the fire, surrounded by clouds and deep darkness. This was all he said at that time, and he wrote his words on two stone tablets and gave them to me. But when you heard the voice from the darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, all your tribal leaders came to me. They said, The Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. Today we have seen God speaking to humans, and yet we live. But now why should we die? If the Lord our God speaks to us again, we will certainly die and be consumed by this awesome fire. Can any living thing hear the voice of the living God from the heart of the fire and yet survive? You go and listen to what the Lord our God says. Then come and tell us everything he tells you, and we will listen and obey. The Lord heard your request and said to me, I have heard what the people have said to you, and they are right. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants will prosper forever. Go and tell them to return to their tents. But you stay here with me so I can give you all my commands, laws, and regulations. You will teach them to the people so they can obey them in the land I am giving to them as their inheritance. So Moses told the people, You must obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Deuteronomy 6, 
These are all the commands, laws, and regulations that the Lord your God told me to teach you so you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and so you and your children and grandchildren might fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his laws and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, to everything I say. Be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away on a journey, when you are lying down and when you are getting up again. Tie them to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land filled with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. When you take an oath, you must use only His name. You must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you and wipe you from the face of the earth. End of reading Deuteronomy 3.18 through 6.15 Talk show, The Bible Live. Whatever it takes, that's what I'll do to get back to you. This intense desire, this longing, a seeking of God. That's something that I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight as we have been considering now God as He speaks and acts in the presence and in the midst of this particular people group. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the children of Jacob, whose name became Israel. We have seen him dealing with them, working miracles on their behalf, revealing himself and calling them to follow him. In the midst of all of this, there's this constant reminder that this is a time of judgment. God is judging individual men and women, calling them into a relationship with him. And, of course, he's judging people groups, the whole nations, their corporate morality and their corporate worthiness of him and worthiness of blessing. This is a time of judgment on the people of Canaan. We mentioned that as God now using the people of Israel as an instrument of judgment on the people of Jericho, for example, in the little town of Ai. And we'll read about as we get into the book of Joshua, how God uses the people of Israel as an instrument of judgment on these people groups that have settled in Canaan. Now, this doesn't speak 
to each of them individually because we will find out as well that even as God is judging their culture, in that culture there may be individuals who have a genuine, sincere longing for God. And on a personal level, you sense that the salvation of God is at work. And in all likelihood, even though their nation was judged by God in this world, that they may well have gone on into the next world to eternal relationship with God, eternal blessing. Remember that we are looking at earthly covenant and an earthly dynamic of God at work where good and evil coexist. This world is not the place of ultimate judgment. This is a valley of decision. Men and women, boys and girls are making their decision about God. Holy, righteous, just God has created a means of salvation, a means of redemption, a means by which any human being that desires and truly longs for God is offered reconciliation, is offered forgiveness. And God is carrying out that plan of redemption, revealing that redemptive plan, and offering himself to men and women everywhere in this lifetime. So this life is undeniably messy. Even the psalmist talks about that, sometimes wondering and longing about when God will judge, when he will finally judge all wickedness and reward his people, those who receive his gift of redemption. In all of this mix of all these nations and people groups, who is evil? Are you evil? Now, yeah, surely not. See, none of us want to think of ourselves as evil. We want to think about Hitler, Stalin, or some other mass murderer, people we read about in the newspapers and so on. So we have this idea that everybody else is evil, but am I evil? Well, it's not a matter of being a superstar in wickedness. If you look through the scriptures, God says there are certain characteristics of people who are evil. This is going to our deepest heart attitudes. God rejects the arrogant and the proud. Are you willing to say, yes, I am evil, I am wicked, I am weak, I am sinful, I am imperfect, and oh God, forgive me, I'm unworthy. Being grateful, that's another attribute of the good as opposed to wicked. There's a sense of gratitude. God has given us life, so many blessings. So are we grateful? And do you seek God? God says he will reward those who seek him who believe that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. Are you seeking God and longing for him? And finally, ultimately, are you willing to trust him and to demonstrate you trust him by obeying him? Those who do not acknowledge, respect, honor, trust God in his mercy, it doesn't matter how good we may think we are or I may think they are, God seems to say you're evil and will be judged. beautiful psalm and i think the psalmist there is seeking to do what i was struggling with tonight help give clarity to the fact that in this particular culture these united states of america in the 21st century here there's a lot of murkiness there's a lot of confusion about where do i truly stand with god if you're willing to confess and truly grateful to god for his love and goodness you desire god with your heart and you're humble and willing to acknowledge your sin and wickedness and, and even your selfishness and your need for God, then you are one who can, by faith, receive the salvation and that relationship with God that He offers so freely to each of us. I wonder if you just might pray in your heart, Lord Jesus, I do need you. I receive you, Messiah. I receive you, Lord, as my Savior. Thank you for dying on that cross in my place and taking the penalty of my sin. I receive you now. Take control of my life and make me the kind of person that you want me to be. Amen. We'll talk next time about what this kind of a new life relationship with God really Bible means. Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. 
please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 